Welcome to the inaugural CDCR podcast. I'm Joe Orlando. And I'm Tessa Outheis. You know what, Tessa? This is this is a work in progress for us because we, we started kicking this idea around and we thought it'd be interesting to do a podcast. But this particular podcast, we work in, in OPEC, which is the Office of Public and Employee Communications. That's not the only department you're going to be hearing from when we get this thing rolling because there's so many departments within CDCR. We have 60,000 plus employees. So we're going to try to cover as many departments if, as we can so we can hear what people are doing, how they're doing it, why they're doing it. And, and kind of give them give them a voice. Absolutely. You know, we also do articles and we do videos, and it's just so nice to be able to offer another avenue of media to hear directly from the people that we work with and work for and to be able to reach our population with even more information. You know what, Tess? This has been uh, an interesting past couple years, but before we get into what we're going to be talking about today, let's talk about a little bit about where we came from and, and some of the things we've been doing. I was a journalist for 25 years, did television for 23 and radio for the past couple of years. And the last television job I had was at uh, Fox 40. And then I was at KFBK. How about you? Uh, I have about 10 years in broadcast. I'm rather new to the department, but until recently, I uh, worked at CBS as a producer and I'm very happy to be here. So what we're doing in this first podcast, we're calling it the new normal. And we're, we're going to talk to three undersecretaries and kind of get their perspective on what it's been like the last couple of years. Because if you think about it, shout out to the incarcerated population, their families, program providers, the working behind the walls, those that are working behind the walls. It's been a rough two years. So what we want to do is we want to get that perspective from some of the higher ups, some of our undersecretaries to hear some of the things that they have been through. And over those two years and also where we were and where we're headed. Absolutely. And as we started to transition both into the pandemic and now into an endemic, everybody has a lot of questions. So Chrissy asked those questions of our leaders and take it away, Chrissy. So first off, um, under secret- I'll have you all introduce yourselves, um, your name, your title, and then for those listeners who aren't familiar with CDCR, what your title means. <laughs> what, what, what do you do? Um, so I'll start if you could introduce yourself, Undersecretary McCumber. Hi, I'm Jeff McCumber. I'm the Undersecretary of Operations, which means I oversee the adult uh, prison system, the juvenile prison system, uh, rehabilitative uh, programs, uh, the Division of Parole Operations, uh, Victim Services, and the Ombudsman's Office. So lots of free time. Lots of free time, yes. <laughs> um, Dr. Tosh, could you introduce yourself? I'm Diana Tosh. I'm the Undersecretary of Healthcare Services. I oversee healthcare, medical, mental health, and dental and nursing services for the department. And Undersecretary Barreto. Hi, Jennifer Barreto, Undersecretary of Administration. Um, all the offices that report to me directly provide support to operations in CDCR. It includes uh, administration, uh, human resources, budgets, business services, also our facilities, our IT support, labor support, and then our Office of Correctional Policy Research and Internal Oversight. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you all for making the time. Um, these are the three busiest people in CDCR, with the exception of our secretaries. So to get you all in the same room um, is, is really great. Thank you so much. So our first episode is about the new normal, which I don't think that anybody has really defined as a country, a state, you know, yet. So I don't expect us to have all of the answers. Um, but as we start to slowly come back from a really, really intense two years, um, Undersecretary 
McCumber, what is your vision for this new normal um, in terms of our um, institution staff, meaning what can they expect to see change as we start to reopen and what can they expect to see stay the same? Well, I'd like to start out by saying the last two years have been uh, two of the most challenging years in the department's history. And I wanted to make sure we recognize, uh, you know, the staff at the institutions that were coming to work every day, uh, the staff at the juvenile facilities, our, our parole staff, uh, and our other staff, and not just the peace officer folks, but we also had uh, support staff like food services and our healthcare team. Uh, and our plant staff and the, and the folks working in case records. And we recognize how challenging the last couple of years have been uh, and want to thank you for the time you put in and, and you had to come in and you guys did a great job. Uh, and talking about, you know, where we're headed to the new normal, we, we do want to look at this uh, not from a pandemic uh, focus going forward, but more of an endemic focus where we want to focus on getting back to where we historically have been. Uh, and that is uh, ensuring our operations return to pre-pandemic levels, which means uh, going back to school for the incarcerated population. Uh, it'll mean ensuring our integrated substance use treatment, treatment disorder program uh, is occurring in person uh, and, and that those activities can occur. It means getting back uh, to self-help programming for uh, the incarcerated population. And for the staff, it also means that at times we have seen things like in-service training be delayed. We have seen uh, some challenges, uh, you know, getting staff uh, to, to other very important training, uh, you know, that, that, is, that is critical to uh, the success of the department. And we also want to uh, ensure as we're moving forward and getting back to normal, uh, we start embracing uh, some new efforts the department is looking at, and that can range from technology components to installing, uh, you know, camera systems, whether that be fixed or body-worn cameras, uh, whether it means uh, looking at some of the principles uh, of the Norway correctional system that we would like to bring to the California system, uh, a whole host of uh, activities that we have not had the opportunity to focus on, we'd really like uh, to get back moving in that direction. Definitely. The the amount of stepping up that we saw over the last two years was just really, really um, amazing. And also um, for Undersecretary Barreto, when the pandemic started, the department very quickly shifted you know, 60,000 60, staff members, um, um, our headquarters staff to to shifted to telework. Um, we started to do things that we really hadn't done before in terms of e-signatures, remote meetings, um, remote events, and just really embracing this, this digital, these digital tools as we start to move out of the pandemic and into this en in endemic response. How do you see the use of those tools and that framework evolving? Well, similar to my, my colleague, Jeff, I first need to recognize how amazing our staff were through all of this and still are. And all of the points that you just mentioned, what we were able to do to accomplish supporting this great department and our institutions and our juvenile justice and our parole teams uh, was just remarkable. And part of that was stepping in and leading through new innovation. DocuSign was implemented. 
uh, in relatively short order, which allowed us to be able to sign our documents uh, quicker. It allowed for staff to transition to work from home in a new teleworking environment. And I see that as something we'll have long term. It's been such a great benefit for our institutions where they're able to get documents to headquarters and from headquarters back out to the institutions uh, without any, any need for mailing. Very fast-tracked. I also see us moving into more and more technology that supports everything we do and mirroring more of what we see in our community. I envision a future where just as we are uh, accepting packages at, at home from, from Amazon and uh, there's a, a picture and a notification, I see us having those type of functionalities in state government. Maybe not exactly the same but definitely embracing that and looking at what we can do uh, to be among the forefront. I also just think about my, my own career. I've been in the department for 25 years. I started as entry-level clerical support. And at that time, I was a word processing technician. My job was to type for all of those that I supported their correspondence. Uh, they would handwrite it on paper tablets and hand it to me to type. And we look forward to where we're at today, where everything is pretty much done in advance. And now, as clerical support, we're editing those documents and making changes, which has fast-tracked everything from, from that time 25 years ago. I'm excited about what else we can do, thinking of those examples, for our custody staff. Uh, really looking forward to a future where they have technology at their fingertips. Maybe it looks like a, a smartphone. Maybe it looks like a tablet something that helps to augment what they're using with Psalms and in email. That's another historical thing we can look at in our department. Not too long ago, all of our files were paper and we moved into uh, Psalms and we're able to have things now electronic and more available to us. That's what our future looks like. And I'm, I'm really excited about all that we can do, not just in headquarters, but what we can also explore in our institutions and remote offices as well. Thank you. Did you start as an office technician? No, I started the department as a word processing technician. I'm not, I'm not sure that it's used all that much anymore in our business. And now you're our undersecretary. That's awesome. I had no idea that that was your history. That's so cool. Thank you. Okay, um, Dr. Tosh. This might be the hardest question, <laughs> so I saved it for last. How, as a department, you know, in our in our institutions, of course, um, also you know, headquarters and and in the field, how can we move forward into the new normal safely while still being prepared and keeping the health of our employees and our population um, at the forefront? That's a really good question, Chrissy, <laughs> and I'm glad you stayed, saved it for last. But just like Jeff and Jennifer, I do want to acknowledge the staff for everything that they've done. And I think that they indicated how we would move forward with this last wave with Omicron. So, um, you know, on March 21st, 2020 was the last day that I was in the office when I started teleworking. And the institutions went into a statewide PSR. And <clears throat> there we were trying to figure it out, just like the rest of the world. And we did figure it out. 
I think that the staff at the institutional level, with assistance from the regional healthcare executives and the ADs, did figure out what to do. And they weathered the wave through the winter, which was terrible. But we also were able to work together on the healthcare and the custody side to get the patients vaccinated, to get staff vaccinated. And that really helped reduce hospitalizations and deaths once we had access to the vaccine. And it has really proven to be very, very fruitful through this latest wave with Omicron. We had very few hospitalizations, very low impact on the communities, and we were able to continue operations fairly well, but we did have you know, again, statewide PSR, where we were trying to reduce the spread of the variant. So, you know, as we move forward, I think that we need to leverage everything that we learned. And so, you know, the, the variant came, Omicron, and everyone was able to pivot so quickly. It was amazing. Everybody says that CDCR is a big ship and we, it takes a long time to, for us to change course. And I think that we proved that we're pretty nimble and that staff can really make this stuff happen, and they did make it happen. And so with whatever new variants come along, I know that the staff at the institution level will be able to pivot to do whatever needs to be done to keep our patients safe, to keep the population safe. And our goal on the healthcare side, along with the custody side, is to keep people programming. We want people to be able to program. We want people to be able to be with their families and visit but we also need to keep the population safe, to keep staff safe, and we also wanna reduce our impact out, out in the community and not impact hospitals with huge amounts of hospitalizations. And we are also trying to reduce death and morbidity. So I wish I could say that in two weeks, we're gonna be able to do X, and then in three weeks, we're gonna be able to do Y, but you know, we are moving in the right direction, and we know that through the work that everybody's doing, that we've been able to reopen. Visiting is occurring at many institutions now, and so our goal is to continue on the path, follow the science, and I know it's frustrating for families as well as staff as well as for the inmate population to have someone say, we're going to follow the science. And then, you know, today we say we're going to be able to do this. And then two weeks from now, it's something different. And so um, we do have to be able to pivot. But our goal is always to have people programming, doing what they need to do, and having uh, family reconnections. Awesome. I'll, I'll close this out just by saying all three of you you know, made a point to thank our employees for all of the amazing work that that they have, you know, that they were doing before the pandemic, that they did during and that they continue to do. But I just want to take a second to thank you all, all three of you for your leadership. Um, I mean, you know, COVID, it, we can't sugarcoat it. It hit the department, you know, very hard. It was very tragic. We lost a lot of people, staff, incarcerated people. Um, I do think that it would have been a lot worse if we didn't have the leadership in place that we did. So thank you all three of you for, for everything. Absolutely. And thank you for being our first guests on CDCR's podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Tessa, first of all, how crazy is it that we got three undersecretaries at the same table at the same time? I mean, these folks are busy. It's it's not like they don't have anything to do, right? But from what I understand, Chrissy was talking about that. They all set aside time because this is important to them, and, and they wanted to get that information out there. Absolutely, and thank you to all of our undersecretaries for joining us. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Please look out for more episodes every other Thursday, and also check out more stories on Inside CDCR. See you next time. Oh,